Welcome back, everybody. I apologize for that little uh, mess up. Uh, quickly explain what happened. So I had uh, I'm at the in-laws, and it's Eastern time over here, and normally I'm Central Standard time. So when I went to create the show, I wasn't quite sure if it wanted me to set the show up for my my usual time zone or my current one. So I was like, you know what? I'll wait until you know it gets closer to the time to set up the show. Well. When it got closer and I set up the show, uh, I forgot to change the length of the show, whereas the initial, uh, uh, the first go-through when I started to create the show, I had put the correct time in, and I forgot to do it the second time when I actually created it. So that is uh, why it only lasted 15 minutes and was like, oh, your show is about to end. (laughs) And my... uh, you know, scatterbrain was not paying attention to the clock in the corner that would have told me that from the get-go. So I apologize. Uh, So we will continue from where that last episode uh, left off. Um, So the last episode, all it talked about was tactical approach and adaptive methods for the neutral tactics deck. Uh, And we will continue the um, discussion on the Vision in the Flames neutrals in House Bolton. Uh, so definitely go check out that article and you can kind of follow along. Uh, so yeah, next up on the list, we have issue commands, uh, very awesome card. It is when a commander's unit activates instead of this unit performing an action this turn, target one other friendly unit in long range. It performs one attack or charge action, or it has an additional effect that you can choose, which is start of any turn, target one friendly combat unit, remove one order token from that unit. They may use that order again this round. Uh, I think this is potentially the best card in the deck. Uh, Obviously, uh, every card has its merits, but I think this one has some of some of the biggest potential. What would you think? What do you think, uh, Justin? Oh, I think this is the cream of the crop. This is well for me, especially because I'm a huge Bastards Girls user. This is a card that is the exception to what you said in the beginning. This card can turn the tide of a battle quite easily uh, if your opponent is careless with Bastard Girls and where they're positioned. Uh, normally, you can only do like charging volley once a turn or once a round. Nah, you're doing it twice. Like, easily. And <laughs> you don't even have to sacrifice your commander, uh, his activation, if you do the second part where you just remove the order token. Take a free attack in the beginning of the round of Bastard Girls. Charge. Quite often, that leads to a unit being destroyed. And then now you're in the flank of the rest of his army and you remove that order token. You shoot and charge again. Um, they'll either have to reposition their army and waste an activation doing it for one person to take it in the front. If it's if there's cavalry, yeah, you got to be a little more careful because you know 360 line of sight stuff. But um, not not only like it's crazy that this card has two amazing applications. Like both are amazing. Removing an order token, absurd. And uh, if you want your commander to just like hold the line or whatever, if say you're like I don't know. I would dread attacking Lannister Guardsmen if I knew I couldn't pass my morale test, which is like always. <laughs> uh, so if I have my commander just holding up a Lannister Guardsman unit and I'm not attacking, maybe I just have someone else attack for me. Pretty great, yep. especially when you want your commander to survive on objectives for them extra sweet points. 
yeah, this this card's fantastic. However, I think this is a card that your opponent's going to be, if you're playing a savvy opponent or anyone who half knows other factions, yeah, they're going to be watching out for this card and trying to play around it. But remember, you can use that to your advantage too. Have them spend a lot of time worrying about what your cards can do, and then all of a sudden you can you can catch them off guard and have them make a mistake. Yep, and important to note that that second effect gives you an option that even if your commander ends up dying, that uh, you're always going to have some sort of an effect on this card, uh, which in some cases would even be the uh, would be the more desirable effect, anyways. So, card has uh, this card is overall just great. I think with Bastard Scrolls, which we'll talk about uh, shortly here, is you know. It is uh, a little worrying how good it is. So uh, time will tell if it's too good of a combination. Uh, but it, it'll it definitely be one of those cases that you really have to um, deal with the Bastard Girls right away if you're facing one. Uh, you, can't, you can't let it just go off on you. You're going to have to dedicate uh, resources in dealing with it. Uh, some factions will have better better options for that than others. Um, you're going to really want something fast, like Calvary, to try to get in there and uh, close the gap before they close the gap on you. So, yeah, I think the, the potential of this card is amazing. Um, the fact that it's in the uh, base deck means, you know, it has so much potential of combination. We only know one full commander at this point for uh, neutrals um, between the tactics cards and the attachment. So it'll be interesting the potential that this card gives with all the other units and all the other, uh, you know, just what those commanders will bring to the deck. Um, There's something that, uh, before we go on, uh, I'd like to bring something that interests me about this card. So this is probably opinionated, so don't, don't completely take my word on it, but, uh, Historically, with neutrals, the problem we've seen with them is that a lot of their units get toned down due to combinations with other factions. So I think it's actually really wise that they make a card really good in the base deck because no other faction can use it. This is unique to neutrals. Uh, And so that gives a bonus to playing neutrals. It gives you a reason why neutrals are good instead of their units, which is smart because they want to keep the units playable by other factions but it's hard to balance that all the time. So I think focusing on cards being what they need is a very important aspect. And that certainly has been the case in the past. I mean, I've always thought that the neutral deck is incredibly powerful, but cards like this really, really make the neutral faction shine. I I would think it, you'd be hard-pressed to find many cards that have the tactical capabilities of this card right here. Yeah, and that's a good point. I, out of everything neutral... You know, the units, the attachments, the commanders, the commander cards, the only thing unique to neutral faction that no other faction can touch is the generic tactics deck. So it's it's one of those things that I can't uh I can't really say I'm um ever disappointed with the strength of a uh with a generic neutral tactics card because all these other strong things that we're going to be talking about, all these things that are potentially maybe too strong, um, you know, not like 
overpowered, but just maybe just a little too strong. Um, you know, those can go in every single faction and the combinations could be, you know, could be, uh, you know, guys the limit. Whereas, you know, in a neutral, you know, uh, army, you're really, you know, you're lim- you're very much more limited to the potential. But when you're giving that potential to come from the generic tactics deck, that is where you're going to kind of see some of these awesome combinations shine that uh, potentially other factions won't be able to replicate. Now, granted, who knows? Some of these cards might be um, commander cards. Some might be in generic tactics deck. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. We still got four more factions uh, to be revealed. So, um, yeah, like I said, time will tell. But it, it's nice to see that some of these cards are just really, you know, really well designed and really, uh, you know, have some awesome potential. Uh, next up, we have worth the risk. Um, I. Do not have it up anymore. Do you know uh, what this card replaced? Oh yeah, oh, the- my probably my most complained about card because it's not bad, but it drove me nuts a lot. It, it was worth the reward. <laughs> oh, okay. so it's it's just a change of the third word from risk to reward or reward to risk. Okay, so this card says when a friendly unit is performing a morale test after rolling. Uh, dice, that unit may reroll any dice for that test. If this unit is in short range of your commander, it passes this test instead. So the previous version said, when a friendly unit would fail a panic test, you may reroll that panic test. And if you control the wealth, they automatically pass this test instead. Uh, This card, in my opinion, is straight up better in every way. What would you mm-hmm. say? 100%. So my most complained about car- thing about that last card, and I love that last card. It definitely like changes the game sometimes if I had the money. But I can't tell you the amount of times that I would roll like a 6 and a 1, and I need like an 8 or a 9. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't have the money? I have to re-roll the 6? Like, come on. I'm so <laughs> close. And then I get something that's even worse. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, so this one no longer am I required to take a spot if I need it yeah like with the spot I could always auto pass if I'm not near my commander but now the card has less chance of being useless because you can either re-roll a one which you literally can't make it any worse <laughs> like, it only gets better from there uh, <laughs> Or you know you're going to auto-pass if you use it on specific units. Once again, focus on the commander, because your commander is always within range of your commander. So you know that you can always make your commander pass. If he's the like center line of your army, just up in the smack of it, just taking the punches, and you really need him to hold the line, you know no matter what you do, you don't have to go take that spot. Nah, I got this card in my hand. I'm good. Yep, exactly. And uh, granted... Like you said before, if you had like the wealth, uh, it definitely was a very strong card. But it was, it felt like it was, it ended up being um, not very useful to amazing, depending on if you had the wealth. Because like you said, I mean, just 
me and you in particular playing games. I mean, I can attest to you what you were saying, how many times you've rolled a panic test against me and that has happened where you had to reroll everything even though you had like a six or a five and, you know, your chances of passing had you only had to reroll one of them were, you know, pretty even worse than that even... actually because you have to reroll the whole test right now. <laughs> and so <laughs> if you have a one on that D three, you're like, uh, like I need this, but I also really want to pass. And then you roll a three and you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> or even before the D three was a thing when it was based on what you yep. rolled and minus your <laughs> stat, I know you've rolled a couple times where you barely <laughs> failed and you re-rolled and it's like snake eyes and it's like, oh, half unit gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this card is – this card's this is everything I wanted in the card. And then, like, the commander part I wasn't expecting. And so that's just more than I wanted, which is fantastic. Yeah, again, this is another card where – you know, if it's on your command, if you're using it on your commander, you have an auto effect. Like, just like uh, we were talking about with tactical approach, you know, it gives you incentive to use this card on your commander. So even though you might have a unit in combat that is about to be hit, and you're like, I, I really want to use this on them and potentially get that reroll. Let's say they're outside of short of your commander, but you're like, you know what, my pa- commander's potentially going to be attacked this round. And I'd rather just say, you know what, auto pass. And that is really strong. Uh, Another thing it's very strong with assuming, you know, it's funny I have to say this all the time because there's so much that has not been revealed, but assuming uh, Melisandre doesn't change, uh, even the old version, this card, if you had the wealth um, before she could uh, activate, was damning. Uh, to her strategy. I can't, uh, our one game in particular, me and Justin had, uh, what'd you do? You had uh, um, worth the reward once, but then you recycled it. And so two rounds in a row, you used it to nullify Mel. And then what was the other thing you did to nullify her, essentially? Uh, Um, I think I had, ah, crap. No, I really don't remember. I think I actually just like passed a crazy panic test, but like that was, I always said that worth the reward or yeah, worth the reward, like neutrals as being a really weak faction for morale were really good against Melisandre. All you needed was this card once and then you could turn her off for half the game or more if you do it right. I remember what you did. You, you would, you alternated bribery with, uh, Ah, that's right. I turned her abilities off. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you alternated bribery with uh, worth the reward, and for four rounds, Mel did nothing. Granted, those are old cards. Uh, so with this new card, though, the point I was getting at is, you know, uh, assuming Mel doesn't change, this card in your hand is automatically ensures that you are not going to be Mel-bombed. And they're going to have to use Mel first. They're going to have to do Mel. They're going to have to remove the models. And then you just go pass. And, you know, with commanders giving that boost and victory points, this card is going to be gold uh, to ensure that your commander, you get him on an objective between worth the risk and tactical approach, just blocking hits, passing uh, panic tests automatically. You're really going to, uh, solidify a bunker of a unit and just ensure that you can just tick away at two victory points every round. 
once again, just another card uh, that really focuses on commanders, which is fantastic. Like, I always wanted my Roost to be awesome, and now he's going to be awesome on the field. Yep, and that's the funny thing. Like, with these cards, I mean, no matter what commander you end up picking for the neutrals, they're all going to essentially be awesome. They're all just going to kind of bring a different flavor while being mm-hmm. awesome because of these cards. Um, next up, we have Meticulous Planning. Uh, it has two effects. The first one is end of the round. Search your tactics deck for one commander ca- tactics card and add it to your hand. Shuffle, uh, then shuffle your deck afterwards. Start of any turn, if you control the letter, search your tactics deck for one commander tactics card and add it to your hand, then shuffle your tactics deck. So either way, you're going to be able to get a commander card. It's just whether or not you need it right now or you're not, you know, you're like, you know what, um, you know, end of the round, let, let's go get one. The benefit to getting it right now is one, you have it to use right away, and you can get through your, you know, your deck faster. Um, and the downside, obviously, getting at the end of the round when you draw more cards, it's going to be one of your three cards. How do you kind of feel about this card? Uh, you know, another card kind of focusing on your commander. Oh, it is. It should be stated that it is always really nice to be able to find a very specific commander card that you need. And from the look at Ramsey's cards, his commander cards are pretty sweet, right? Uh, I do kind of hate the fact uh, that it's end of round before you, like... I I feel like it's not an efficient card, but it can be a very game-changing card to get what you need when you need it. Uh, what I mean by not efficient is you're going to be drawing up to three cards anyways at the beginning of the round. So if you're kind of fishing for it and you have like like a few cards in your deck and you kind of know one of them might be your commander card or whatever, like not that efficient. Sure. Um, if you get it at the end of the game, I'm just going to be angry. <laughs> it bother me <laughs> tremendously if it's the last two cards. Um, but that's kind of something that's always been in the game. So it's not like it's super new or anything like that. Um, I think this card is going to be good but it's not like one of the top cards. However, like I said, it can be the card you need or it could get you the card you need when you need it. So it gives you that, like normally you have a one in 20 chance of drawing or two and you have a 10% chance of drawing what you need. Now you potentially have a 20% chance. So you're like doubling your, your chances. Yep. And, uh, was it, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So with this card, it really wants you to get that, you know, it, the first effect to get it at the end of the round will, it, it's yet to be revealed. Uh, like, we'll have to kind of see all the other commander cards because some might be like start of the round. Uh, none of Ramsey's cards say that, have the start of the round uh, trigger, but maybe some of the other neutral commanders will. And in that case, um, that could be, uh, powerful no matter if you take the mail. Um, so you'll be able to go get it, have it. Granted, you know, you're you're not going to gain any additional cards to your tactics hand. You know, you're, you're still only going to draw two and then use the one immediately. But it's still a nice auto effect. But, you know, the second effect is there because the first ability standalone is not really strong enough to be a card itself. So I think just the flexibility of the card is what kind of puts it on par with a lot of these other uh, cards. So um, it's a hard card to judge how 
good its potential is until we kind of see all the other commander cards. But we'll be, reference so, back to... Uh, like, if we didn't know what Cruel Methods would change into by this this reveal, uh, could you imagine having that card in a situation where there's a card like Cruel Methods where you get an attack at the beginning of the round? Huh. Oh, yeah. Be beautiful. Like, I mean, obviously Cruel Methods isn't that anymore. Um, and you can only use this with a neutral deck. So, but any like example like that where there's something that you need, like a, a strong attack card right away, like yeah, it can be it can be game changing. It can be exactly what you're needing. However, you could also draw that card instead and be in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> Especially you know you, if it is a start of the round card, you fish for it, grab it, and then your next two, one of your next two cards is the other copy, <laughs> and then yeah, you can't would, play both. <laughs> that would be slightly sad. <laughs> Very sad. But, I mean, it would be too powerful if it, like, always did exactly what you needed. So I understand. Yep. And so next up, though, the next card uh, is Surprise Strategy, which can potentially combo with Meticulous Planning really well. Is start of a friendly turn. Discard this card and one other card to return one card from your discard pile to your hand. If you control the uh, letter, you only have to discard this card. So some recycling, but if you meticulous planning into a strong commander card and use it, put it into the, which puts it into the discard pile, you could then surprise strategy to double that card. Um, you're granted, you know, between these two cards, you're not really netting any cards, but you're, you know, let's say, um, uh, any one of three, uh, Ramsey's three cards, if, let's say uh, Cruel Methods, um, we'll talk about in just a second, but you could potentially take the letter. Let's say you have both these uh, meticulous planning and surprise strategy. You could take the letter to then um, draw two cards. Let's say you're at five now, and then throw out a uh, token of any kind, search your ten, and then you could play this card at the start of the very next turn, your opponent's turn, um, to go to discard this card essentially and go search for that commander card that you potentially didn't get cruel methods shuffle your deck now you're still at five cards you could then play that cruel methods at the start of your next friendly turn do its effects especially because it uh, requires a panic token which you could have then placed with the mail then you can surprise strategy uh, the next turn go get cruel methods back and Assuming, you know, we'll talk again, we'll talk about them in a bit, but uh, Theon to throw out some panic tokens and use it again. I mean, the the combo with just what's been revealed can be pretty crazy. Uh, and like I said, you're not necessarily netting uh, any additional cards. You're kind of replacing, but um, just the potential of some of the combinations you can kind of do with uh, these cards is... It, it, the sky is kind of the limit. It's kind of up to your creativity, on, and it's going to take like some testing uh, to kind of see what you can kind of manipulate with some of these cards. There's yeah, there's there's a ton of potential. Uh, this card isn't that much different than what it currently is. Um, you obviously would love the mail, but in a situation where maybe you have a card in your hand that you just don't care about, yeah. Cruel Methods twice in a row on, like, your commander along with these other cards that really focus on your commander being awesome, like, 
you could be down to two guys left and all of a sudden you got 10 guys left and it took your opponent 20 turns or a bajillion years to get through down to that much because it really looks like neutrals commanders are just going to be beat sticks. Um, I would be that that's Jon Snow all over again. <laughs> I almost got him. Oh no, they're all back. What do I do? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and like all these cards, like you said, have so much flexibility. Like that's the thing too. Like a lot of commanders, you know exactly what they're going to do because like they're they're really good at what they're doing, but they do a specific thing. These cards, there's there's so much so many options, so many different options that you have to choose from that you really got to stay on your toes if you're fighting, I think, if you're fighting a good neutral player. Uh, otherwise, they're going to do something that you, you don't have an answer to. Yep. And I think, like like we both just said, like the combinations can be insane. And you could really, depending on what your opening hand is and if, you know, some of the cards you draw into, you could really go nuts with your commander. And you'd be like, you know what? I'm I'm feeling pretty confident here with the cards I have to really just take whatever my opponent has to throw at me, I'm just going to throw my commander headlong into them and watch as they try to, you know, throw all of their resources at me. And I just go heal, heal, block, block, auto pass, uh, panics. And they're just sitting there kind of frustrated as they've invested all this, uh, you know, all these attacks and, you know, resources into killing you. It's one thing to see, let's say like a snow vet, on the field sitting on an objective and you're like, eh, I'm going to ignore them. They're, uh, they're not really worth my time um, because I know the potential of what their heal and defensive capabilities are. These are all tactics cards. You don't know they're coming. Like you don't really know they're coming, not unless you have some way to look at their hand. So, I mean, you could really trick your opponent into investing so much uh, resources to kill your commander, especially your commander, you know, and with the new missions, like killing a commander is, you know, high priority. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a sweet, sweet neutral deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're already super excited. I mean, it's, it's funny, though, because some of these cars were definitely toned down. But I don't know, maybe I'm just very optimistic because I think we did a tactics deck, uh, we rated all the tactics decks in one of our shows. And uh, I'd have to go back and listen, but I'm pretty sure me and you rated ta- uh, the neutral deck number one. Um, it was and it's at funny least number that, one or two. Yeah, it was number one or two. And it's funny because the way you know we're talking about this deck, it's, you know, it's it's hard to top one of the decks that me and you already considered one of the best. And the potential of this is just, I guess, exciting to kind of see the way it shakes out. Yep. I will have to say one thing I am happy about is that uh, they did, because before you had two cards that allowed you to recycle previous cards. I like that they kept one in there. I thought recycling the same card six times potentially was a bit much. Um, what you mean so using I do it six like, times? Yeah, using it six times. Because before they had um, uh, Surprise Strategy and Cunning Scheme both allowed you to go get a card from the discard pile. And so uh, 
I'm, I'm just happy that uh, they reduced it down to just one, um, which still leaves a lot of room for, uh, you know, some shenanigans, but uh, it's definitely um, a lot more manageable. Uh, last up, we have Spoils of War. Start of a friendly turn, attach this card to a friendly cavalry or infantry unit until the end of the game. While attached, each time an enemy in short range is destroyed, place one order token on this card. This unit's melee attacks gain the following based on the number of order tokens. Effects are cum cumulative. One or more, before rolling attack dice, the defender becomes vulnerable. Two or more, plus one to hit. How do you kind of feel about this card? Especially gonna, compared to the uh, old version. I'm going to miss the old version because, man, healing eight when you kill something is sweet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But that doesn't always happen, admittedly. Not a problem. Uh, I mean, sometimes I've healed three, and that's slightly upsetting. <laughs> but this I've card definitely is... I've seen both. <laughs> this card's exciting. I don't think this is a super powerful card, by any means. It's a little hard to pull off, admittedly. Not only do you have to kill something, but you have to kill something that you've placed this on. Now you have a little bit of control over that, especially if you know you're about to kill something at the start of your turn. You play it on the unit, obviously. But this can be crazy powerful. I'm a little sad that it can't go on monsters because, you know, the neutral army has so many monsters to put it on. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, Flademan, whew, like, as we'll talk about later, this is this is an exciting time for Flademan. I don't think it'll stay, but, you know, that's my opinion. Uh, but Flademan hitting on twos, dishing out vulnerable tokens every time they attack, uh, please. Like, yeah, you got to kill two things, but they're Flademan. They can do it. And they don't even have to kill the two things. They just got to be kind of near those two things. And they're, they're speedy boys. They can do it. Or Bastards Girls. Uh, so Bastards Girls, it's a little silly. We'll talk about them too because they got a pretty nice little bump up. A lot of vulnerable tokens going out is basically what it is. Yep. And uh, I think the plus one to hit is going to be underrated at first but with the potential or with everything uh on average going down to fours to hit um or just that getting less attack dice or cut not cutthroats uh skirmishers with their uh agile counter-strike um the plus one to hit is going to be huge um because I, I have a feeling skirmishers are going to be splashed into a lot of builds, a lot of uh, factions that can run them. And uh, as we'll talk about in a second here, cutthroats being a four up to hit now, I mean, you're not going to want to even attempt to attack a skirmisher with a cutthroat because of the potential of just taking so much damage back. This card, uh, not necessarily that you would play it on cutthroats, but if you did... Um, you know, getting that plus one to hit is huge. Um, vulnerable, you know, again, awesome uh, for just about any unit, any of the units that they've revealed for Boltons. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, like you said, it will be uh, the old Spoils of War was so nice. Um, as others have mentioned, you know, simply killing a wolf, you know, and then proccing your Spoils of War to heal a ton was always really nice, but um, it is nice to see that uh, they seem to be get, 
getting rid of all of the when a unit is destroyed cards so far from what we've seen. And uh, I like that. I like knowing that that really isn't something you have to worry about, drawing into cards that potentially aren't usable until round, hopefully, round four. I mean, we all hope that we're not losing any units um, ever, and at minimum, like round four, but you never know. I have definitely had my fair share of games where a unit died first round, second round. So um, just a timing uh, start of any friendly turn is just awesome, and just have it attach gives you some, uh, it, it wants you to kind of, foresight uh, to see where you want to place this, and I, I definitely like that uh, idea, or that mechanic. Yeah, I like this card. I really like the idea of them putting in these cards for, like, every... a lot of things. It's it's super cool. Uh, I've always been one in, like, not only miniature games, but just, like, games in general. I very much enjoy support things that make the things I like better. Uh, I mean, it's pretty sweet. Yep, I agree. Uh, next up, we do have Ramsey's three uh, Texas cards. First up, in my opinion, is probably my favorite, Cruel Methods. At the start of any turn, target one enemy combat unit. You may expend one panic token from that unit. If you do, choose two. One house Bolton unit in long range restores two wounds. This may be selected multiple times. Uh, another option is that enemy becomes vulnerable. Another option is that enemy becomes weakened. So uh, I I like that uh, you know, healing four is just awesome. Um, not only that, I mean, let's see, spend one from an enemy unit, and then one Bolton within long range restores two. So, I mean, this can be... Uh, used to heal two wounds to two separate Bolton units that are both within long of the enemy that you expended it from, or just all four to the same unit. So, not only that, um, this card's extremely powerful for multiple reasons. We'll talk about Theon, but Theon's really pretty sweet now. But also, like, one if you just need those, you're really trying to kill something, and you don't want to waste all your stuff on healing one unit up to four, or whatever the case, or you don't have any other damage units. Uh, you heal one up just to get to that last rank to get them extra attacks. Put a weakened token on the thing that's about to attack you back in their their next turn, uh, or vulnerable the thing that you need to attack this turn, or whatever the case. Just another super flexible card, uh, super powerful card. I'm gonna cry a little bit about not having cruel methods. However, admittedly, that card was stupidly game changing. Like it, it took no skill to use. <laughs> uh, super powerful. Uh, Bastard Drills are a prime unit because who cares if they fail a panic test for two reasons. They had good morale, and even if they lose guys, they have to lose eight guys before they lose attacks. Um, this card is uh, not really any risk for the reward, <laughs> which I like a lot. Uh, Ramsey all of a sudden is the really survivable commander, which is not what I would expect by any means. Um, once again, looking at your commander here, like we were talking about it earlier, healing eight wounds to your commander because you just recycled this card twice. Like, what in the heck is happening right now? Or with the new Sion being able to dish out panic tokens to everything around him, your commander's, like, being multiply engaged and all this other mumbo-jumbo, uh, and you have this card with a plethora of panic tokens that your opponent just can't get rid of them all to make it to where you're staying. You're, you're not going anywhere. You're getting those two points that turn. Yep. 
Yeah, the potential for this card is is amazing with combined with uh, the generic tactics deck and what it can do. Um, expending a panic token, you know, it's you're really going to have to try to focus on uh, throwing those panic tokens out. But uh, as we've seen in a previous visions, uh, Bruce Bolton NCU. Uh, begins the game with three order tokens, and then each time Roos activates, you may remove one order token from him. If you do, one enemy becomes panicked. So you could potentially, you know, take him on the mail and throw out a panic with him, throw out a panic with the mail. Even if your opponent tries to heal some of those panics off, then you Theon to throw a bunch of panics out again. I mean, you have ways to make sure that you can re-panic a unit even after they've uh, tried to, you know, um, heal them off to prevent cruel methods from happening. Uh, so definitely a card that you're going to want to make sure that you run enough uh, sources for panic because this card is too good for it to, you know, sit in your hand and, you know, you not have any ways to, you know, have a panic token other than maybe taking the mail. So um, mm. don't forget about adaptive methods. This card can oh, yep. to itself. You can heal two, put a token on someone, change that token into a panic token, use this card again if you have the second one in your hand. That is definitely correct. Awesome. Yeah, that man, <laughs> uh, that's something I didn't even see off the bat. Oh, uh, I'm excited, Dave. Hi, I see it all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I've been, as you know, I, I've been a neutral player since the very beginning, and I've stuck through it through thick and thin, and I'm super excited to see this like truly unique play style, in my opinion, coming through. I was going to ask you, um, so how are you feeling about uh, knowing that all of your tactics cards only, not all of them, but the only spot you rely on is the mail, and not uh, and needing the wealth? It's awesome. Uh, Peter's going to be so much better than he's ever been. I've loved Peter. I always use him. So now, like, I don't need uh, to choose between what changed, I need. <laughs> no, no, I Fingers mean, Fingers crossed no. he hasn't changed. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't even think of that. What I mean is, uh, <laughs> like, not having to be – actually, I guess I don't even need Peter, right? Like, I just need to place someone on the money. And the money isn't – like, a lot of the time – You mean isn't, the mail? Yeah, that's what I mean. Ah, uh, crap. So everything I was about to say is wrong. Uh, so, but I mean, the mail is still like a spot that you really want. So it sucks being a faction that you want to take the crown, like Lannisters, right? Because the crown's ability is still actually more so than ever before is going to be less desirable, right? Um, so it sucks having to need that. So now I only need the mail. And honestly, for the cards that need the mail, I don't need the mail, like, it's nice to have the mail sometimes, but heck, if you take oh, yeah. it, I am not, like, disabled anymore. Yeah, you have four cards of the seven that require the mail, uh, and what you're losing out on is surprise strategy needs to uh, discard an additional card, um, uh, meticulous planning, being able to pull it out right away instead of end around. Um Tac tactical approach, if you're planning to use it on your commander, it doesn't even matter. Don't even it's need only the mail. if you want it. Yep. So that one's kind of a toss-up, whether or not you just really need it on a non-commander unit. And then adaptive methods is... Um, you get to move a token, uh, essentially, from one of your units to one of their units, or one of their units to one of their units. 
Yeah, exactly. So if you're just planning to flip a condition on an enemy or something, um, or even on yourself, I suppose, uh, you don't even need the mail for that. So it's really, I think, meticulous planning and surprise strategy. I think the big one is surprise strategy. Not having to discard two to go get a card, um, I think, is probably the biggest card of the seven that's going to want you to take the mail. You um, just reminded me of something. Uh, not to backtrack, but to adaptive methods. You just said something that's a really good point. Uh, if my opponent's like about to attack me and I really like, and I have like a vulnerable token on me and I really like can't afford to have that, I could turn that into a weakened token and have no effect for them. Yep. Never even thought about that. That's fantastic. Like, haha, I live. <laughs> Especially if it's on like a unit that you don't care is weakened. Uh, we'll talk about in a minute, uh, Blackguard, but Blackguard, I mean, their attack profile is kind of meh. I mean, it, definitely could do some damage but um i mean it's not the end of the world if they're weakened um so yeah I, that's definitely a good uh point that you know you can really there's so many options with uh, a lot of these cards uh next up we have sadistic games start of an enemy turn your opponent chooses one you select the targets only after your opponent chooses which effect it doesn't say all that's essentially what it's trying to say uh, target up to two enemy combat units, they become panicked. Or target one engaged enemy, it suffers two hits, plus one hit for each remaining rank in all House Bolton units it, it, it is engaged with. Um, I think this card is overall better than it was before. Is this the same name as the other one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all three of his cards have the same names. Okay, yeah. So, in my opinion, I think it, uh, it's better than it was before. Um, how do you feel about it? 100% agree. It's not only better, it's way better. So, the better of the two abilities before was absolutely the panic tokens. You wanted that for our Blazer Sharp, obviously for the panic damage with the Vicious Vicious. I don't know. What, what's Vicious, plural? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, but, like, nobody would ever choose that because D3 plus 2 hits is just not that bad. It's average four hits, but it also depends on like what your army composition looks like or where you're sitting and stuff like that. So more often than not, though, the enemy would choose the hits. Or they would choose the panic tokens when it didn't matter because everything was either panicked or just would survive, which admittedly that can still happen, whatever. But the second effect, just straight up getting its buff to a ridiculous potential where your enemy is sometimes going to be stuck in a significantly bad place. Either they're getting a panic token on something that they really don't want a panic token on, even though panic damage isn't going to be too significant, but there are ways to increase it as we see with some units. Or they know you have like our uh, cruel methods and you're going to heal a bunch. That or say you have like, I don't know, two bold units engaged with them and it's like, wow. So I take that or I take eight or seven hits. I or no, it's eight hits. Yeah, two hits plus six hits for the remaining ranks in the two units. Like, there's not many units in the game that can just be like, meh. I'll take eight hits. <laughs> yeah, take I mean, That'll a be three fine. of save, a three of save might might want to risk it, but I mean, there's not a ton, you know, in the game that's just going to be three ups here, three ups there. So let's just say on average. Four, four up save. I think it's a safe bet to kind of average it out. I mean, eight hits 
Uh, I mean, I know that's kind of like the uh, more awesome end of the spectrum, but uh, I mean, that's for that's a potentially uh, on average a rank gone. Um, uh, and that's I think, considering if you don't have a vulnerable token on you. And then uh, just even with uh, in combination, because the trigger is start of an enemy turn. So start of your enemy's turn, let's say they're like, you know what? I need to attack your commander right now. Your commander is, let's say, uh, you know, Ramsey, and he's in whatever. Who, who cares? Because his effect, as we'll talk about a bit more in detail, is horrific visage. So you're going to start of the turn. Are they really going to want to take all these hits and then potentially take more damage from Visage? Uh, I mean, granted, yes, they could be panicked, and then you could make them re-roll that Visage, but I, I think that's kind of a lose-lose. But especially if you're able to pincer you know, a unit between Bastard Scrolls and Flayed Men. Granted, the Flayed Men only have two ranks, so you're kind of losing out on a hit, but that's more of a realistic pincer between a two fast-moving units because um, that's still potentially seven hits, um, especially if Ramsey's in that Bastard Scrolls unit with the Visage. So, I mean, some of the potentials with this card... I mean, yes, there are situations you draw it early, it's going to kind of suck because you need to, they could pick uh, hits and you have nothing engaged yet if it's like turn one or two, or round one or two. Um, but uh, with meticulous planning, if you have, let's say you drew one early and it's no, of no use, but uh, meticulous planning, uh, like next round, you can go search for this card knowing that that potential is going to happen if you're going to be able to um, do like a two-on-one. You might have to give up a, a flank or something in order to do a two-on-one because, you know, it's it's hard for uh, Boltons to kind of, or neutrals to kind of do a, a like a two-on-one scenario, but it might pay off with a card like this where you can trigger all those hits and it can, or if they're not going to want to take all those hits, it can help fuel your panic token um, uh, machine strategy. Yeah. So overall, I love this card. Um, I still like Cruel Methods better, but I think this card has a lot of potential mid to late game. Um, I mean, even especially if like you're really winning, but they have like a really tanky unit that's just kind of sitting on something and you got three units tied him up. I mean, <laughs> taking like, you know, an insane amount of hits, especially if you're constantly healing with uh, cruel methods uh, and like the wealth zone or something. Uh, yeah, it can, the, the potential of this card could be very low, but I think if you just play, you know, no pun intended, but play your cards right, uh <laughs> you can really make this card uh, pull its weight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had one game once where I had three Flademen engaged with a warrior son that just wanted to die. Uh, like, good morale. Their defense went to, you know, craziness. Uh, chipping away was the key. You know, you just had to keep chipping at them, and they would take tiny amounts, tiny amounts. And this is an essentially, like, in that situation, it's an entirely, like, extra attack, eight hits, you know, like that or they choose a panic token and that panic token currently would give me our blades are sharp or something and they didn't want that you know definitely yep. didn't want that obviously we're about to talk about it but it's not that good anymore <laughs> That's okay. yep um 
another thing uh I wanna double check, but I think uh the vulnerable token allows for these to be re rolled. Of course it does, yeah. Vulnerable tokens used for any hits, it's not an attack. It's it currently the same thing. Enemy rolls defense dice to force them to re-roll any of those. So yeah, sadistic games, if they pick the hits, uh, even if it is only four, you know, you could have crueled methods to heal two wounds um, and uh, vulnerable them and knowing that you could have done it on your turn, because cruel methods start of your turn, you could heal two wounds, weaken them, and then play this card on their turn, forcing them to either have to re-panic themselves or take those hits that can now vulnerable into more wounds. Even if it's just you charge them with Bastards Girls and they're going to take five straight up hits and if they're a four up save with re-rolls because of vulnerable, there's a good chance they're just going to re-panic themselves. And if you combo into Surprise Strategy into another cruel method, that same cruel methods from your discard pile, you now have that panic token to use cruel methods again on the very next friendly turn to heal two more and weaken them now if they're still vulnerable. Um, I mean, it's just, some of the stuff is just, you know, it, I cannot wait to play neutrals. I just, I cannot wait to play them. Um, next up, we have our blades are sharp. When a friendly unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice, if the defender is panicked, this attack gains precision. If the defender is panicked and the attacker is house Bolton unit, this attack may re-roll any attack dice. So how do you kind of feel about the change of this card? I mean, it's without a doubt, it's a nerf. Um, but nerf's just the hard word. It's a change, right? Um, that precision, I think, is going to be a lot more useful than it's ever been, uh, for me at least. Um, obviously, it's, it's something, when you're hitting on fours, those sixes matter a lot more. When you have less attack dice, those sixes matter a lot more. Um, yeah, I guess with less attack dice, they're less common. But hitting on fours, they're not any less common. Still the same probability of getting a six. Um, and I can say for me, I'm always going to get both effects. Because if they're panicked, I'm getting both <laughs> effects because I'm always going to use Bolton stuff for the most part. If I'm using Ramsey, I mean, maybe there's a situation where I don't. Like I'm bringing Zorse Riders. Um, obviously, I'm not going to waste this card on Zorse Riders. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> not going to happen. But uh, I think with battles trying to be more drawn out, engagements being more drawn out, uh, the, the re-rolling attack dice is going to be significant. That's, that's the one I'm looking at. You, Precision, I don't, I don't like you. You've always been terrible for me. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's important to note... Uh, I'll go ahead and finish uh, what you're going to say. Oh, no, that's pretty much it. I was just going to reiterate that re-rolling attack dice is going to be huge, so go ahead. I was going to say, I think Precision is going to be... Um, uh, undervalued at first, but when people are constantly uh, running up the field against some stagnites and their uh, resilience, I think is what the ability is called, um, you know, being able to just poke through them with precision is going to be, I think, super valuable because uh, in some cases, you're not going to be able to just ignore them. Um, so I, 
though precision, yes, I I would still say that rerolling those attack dice are gonna is gonna be the key, like you said. But I think precision is really gonna be a handy tool in some situations. That's really gonna shine through in combination with rerolls. Because if you're like, you know what, these stagnites have to die. It's like even though I hit, <clears throat> let's say you hit on threes, it's like you know what. I'm going to take this chance because I really need a bunch of these sixes. I'm just going to pick up everything and reroll all of my non-sixes and just try to poke through a bunch of uh, precision hits. What about when you're hitting so, on twos with, uh, with Spoils of War? Spoils, yep. That's another, yep. If you're hitting on twos with rerolls, why not? I mean, you have just as much of a chance of rolling one as you do a six. So... Um, that's that's definitely a great point, um, and like I said, it'll it, it'll be a key effect to help you in certain situations that I think will be undervalued until you kind of encounter it yourself. Like until you're in that situation, it's hard to really value some effects. Um, next up, we are going to jump into the units. First up, we're going to talk about the flayed men. Uh, I'm going to run through their new stats real quick, and then. Uh, uh, Justin, you tell me what you think of them. So they are eight points. Their movement is five, hitting on threes with seven five dice for their uh, two ranks. Um, defense is a three up. Morale is a six up. Uh, they have the cavalry innate ability. They have war flail, which gives them vicious all the time. And when charging, they gain critical blow. And they have intimidating presence, which is enemies engaged with this unit suffer minus one to morale tests and plus one wound from failing pan, uh, panic tests. I just want to note real quickly um, that will just put the the panic damage to what it currently is in 1.6, but it it means that they have a minus three on their attacks between the vicious and the intimidating presence. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. So I don't. So abilities don't stack, but if two flayed men are engaged, does that stack? I don't think so, right? No, I think the um, precedence would be the um, what's that one ability where uh, cut them down uh, in the yeah, FAQ that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. If, but that would be insane if it did. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy because uh, we can see with something later on that that's also there. Uh, but no, these guys are great. I think the, you know the key here is eight points. I've seen these guys go from 10 to 9 to 8. It's sweet. Give me a five-point play, man. It's cool. <laughs> uh, no, no. These guys are really, don't, really Don't tempt them. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are really, really um, This is almost – so since the last change, my major criticism about played men was if they're not charging, they're, like, worse than so many units attacking for a nine point cavalry. They're not the most defensive unit in the game. They're actually like in the category of defensive units. They're smack dab middle three, six smack dab middle. Um, but they were also nine points. You expected more Adam, but all you got was vicious on the charge. Like that's, I'm sorry, but that is super bad. Uh, it never really worked out for me. The only thing that kept them going was cavalry. you know, the, just the 360 line of sight, the movement. Um, this is, this is fantastic. I honestly have just been saying, like, we should have Vicious all the time and crit on the charge. Like, I want that. And then they're like, ah, you can have Intimidating Presence and a point change. Like, oh, okay, I take that. Like, what I lose? One <laughs> dice? Oh, no, I lost a dice. 
uh, and with the meta changing to what it is, that dice just puts us in the middle. Like that's that's where that's where all elite attackers look like they're going to be. These guys are fantastic. Yep. Yeah. No, I I love everything about intimidating presence. Yep. They don't even need to be attacking the unit for that ability to be engaged. You could be engaged with them and they attack Blackguard. That panic test they're taking, it's getting buffed. Yep. Yeah, exactly. These guys, that intimidating presence is not only a buff on themselves, it is an, a, a support ability. I mean, it's it's really going to want you to try to, you know, like I was saying, let's say Bastard Scrolls, you know, do your alpha strike with your Bastard Scrolls. And, you know, choose an opportune, you know, unit to do it on where they can't, like, rebuttal uh, very well. And then, you know, with your speed of your flayed men, just try to, you know, do a, a, a two versus one. You know, you really, you know, and that's even if they survive an alpha strike, bastard scrolls, and then a flayed men hit. But, I mean, if they do, uh, let's say it's a tankier unit, you really want to, like, you know, a, do a devastating blow to their to their force you know you can you know try that attempt and then even if it doesn't uh completely kill them off i mean just grinding them down at that point will be much easier especially with the combination of maybe like retreat uh, taking the free maneuver to retreat your bastard scrolls and then issue commands to re, uh give that order token back and they're really trying to kill something Dave. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> two I'm two just, volley I'm... charges from Bastards Girls flayed men. <laughs> like, like, what is surviving that? <laughs> I'm like, just unless they got a ton you know. of healing going on, I don't know what's surviving that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, but I just want to make sure they're super dead. All right, <laughs> we'll just assume they died from the charge, right. but you just wanted to really make them dead, and so you asked the opponent to keep them on the table just so you could just <laughs> keep attacking it. <laughs> no, this is what I'm going to do to Blackfish and freaking Great Axes or Berserkers. Like, I'm so tired of that guy. I'm going to destroy them. <laughs> here's, here's what, 28 attacks, all re-rolling with Vicious on a lot of them. Here's a bunch of vulnerable tokens. Like, good luck, bud. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I definitely love uh, the Flayed Men and the way they've designed them. They are perfect at eight points, I think. Uh, I think, th in my opinion, of all the renditions I've seen of Flayed Men, this is by far my favorite, and I think the most well-balanced. Uh, not only am I excited to play these guys in a neutral Bolton list, but I'm also super excited to use these guys in a Stannis loyalty. Uh, I, you know, Baratheons is really high on... Uh, my list of factions I love to play, especially Stannis loyalty, and just the panic uh, theme of these guys adds so much to um, that faction, especially because uh, I know they have sta uh, Champions of the Stag, but I mean, Champions of the Stag being a bit slower uh, and not really panic-focused, uh, I def definitely would say these guys at two points cheaper, I mean, assuming Stags are still ten points, um, are just so much better of a fit, in my opinion, for the Stannis. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I can't wait to finally use these guys because they've kind of been on the shelf for me for a long time. I couldn't really justify them uh, with their 1.6 version. So, yeah, I, I definitely can't wait. Uh, next up, we have House Bolton Bastards Girls at 7 points, a 6 move, uh, which is awesome to see. Um, 
a their range attack, uh, which I believe the two arrows next to it means it's long range, hitting on threes, four, four, four. Uh, melee attack is hitting on threes with six, six, four. A six up save, a five up morale. They have uh, uh, the order charging valley. After this unit completes a range attack, this unit performs one charge action on the defender. They also have tracker's bow. After completing this attack, the defender becomes vulnerable and they have Vicious on their melee attack. One important thing to note with the Tracker's Bow, you don't even have to do a single wound. You simply have to say, I shoot you, <laughs> to make them vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So I'm going to kind of bite myself in the tongue here. I think I've said multiple times, and it's been stated, like, this is my favorite unit, always has been. I use them in almost every game I play. I like to think I've become very good with them. Uh, I thought they were perfect before. All I can say is thanks, Simon. Um, I have no complaints. I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, this is a double buff, tiny nerf, and the nerf doesn't bother me in the slightest, and it's kind of like a hidden one. So you can only do the charging volley. You can only charge what you shoot. 90% of the time, that's what you're doing anyways. It's very rare. It's not very rare. It's uncommon that you're doing it in a different order. Uh, but that makes sense. It's totally cool. You're going to give me an extra movement, and you're going to give me vulnerable tokens everywhere? All right. I'm, I'm down with that. Like That's a fair trade-off. <laughs> totally fair. Uh, <laughs> these guys don't even need the six-inch movement. Generally, your charge is getting you where you need. Now, it's just more guaranteed. Uh, these guys are going to play exactly like they were before but they have a much higher chance of getting where they're going and killing what they're killing. So this is, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to use my <laughs> puppies a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i surprised with this change. I thought uh, they were already amazing at what they were. Even if, all, even if the only change they made to the 1.6 version was to change uh, Charging Volley to be whatever they shot they had to charge, I still think they'd be amazingly good. Now, you know, the auto vulnerable and the six move, I just think these guys are like, uh, at least in a Bolton army, they're like an auto include as a one of at least. Uh, I think these guys just have way too much potential to not uh, bring to the table. Uh, on top of that, we were talking earlier about issue orders. Like, pfft, you could get these guys easily because they are, they're, the, they're the unit that's killing stuff. These guys are easily getting spoils of war on them. They're killing two units, not that difficultly. Uh, they're, they're hitting on twos. And then that vulnerable token from that spoils of war, that's, that's really important to know because the vulnerable token comes when you attack. The vulnerable token from Bastard Girls comes after you complete the attack. So you're getting a vulnerable token from Spoils of War, presumably if you get there, obviously. Um, so you're shooting, they're vulnerable automatically. You can use that vulnerable for your shot, and then they're vulnerable again. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You're hitting on twos? Like, holy moly. Like, their points didn't go up. They're, they're still hitting on threes. They're exactly what they were but better in every way. Now you're charging volley twice a turn to Dave's despair. You're vulnerable everything <laughs> around you. Uh, it's, they're, they're sweet. Puppies have never been as good as puppies. Wolves, get out of the way. <laughs> uh, next up, we have House Bolton Blackguard for six points. A four, uh, four move. They hit on fours with six, five, four. 
a three-up defense, and six-up morale. They have vicious and horrific visage. Uh, visage is each time an enemy performs a melee attack on this unit before resolving that attack, target the attacker. They suffer one panic test with minus one to their roll for each remaining rank in this unit. So important thing to note is that uh, the Rus attachment, we haven't seen his commander cards yet, uh, does have the intimidating presence. So uh, as uh, you were mentioning, um, uh, Justin, about you know getting like uh, House Bolton Flademen in in there to kind of trigger off of this. Uh, you don't even technically need to do that. You could just throw uh, Roos in these guys and then automatically have that. Now, the very first time these guys get attacked, assuming that they don't get hit by some like outside effect, they're going to take a minus four panic test with a uh, and if they fail, they're taking D three plus one wounds. Yeah, they are. I think these. Uh, <laughs> Now it is interesting to note that um, we'll, uh, we, as we've already mentioned, the Ramsey Commander attachment has horrific visage on him. So you're, I'm assuming, never going to put him in these guys. Uh, so that is interesting to note. Um, it'll be interesting what Ramsey will probably be going in. Um, my first initial thought is uh, is some. Um, skirmishers, but we'll uh, we'll get to Ramsey in a moment. But yeah, these guys uh, are amazing. I, as we've kind of already said with the previous two units, um, these guys add a lot to the Boltons. I think. Yeah. So uh, this is the like singular buff uh, that we've been saying. Like, yeah, horrific visage did absolutely get a buff, and it's a great buff. It's perfect. It's amazing, actually. Minus three when they're at full ranks, and they're not the easiest thing to bring down in ranks. And with Ramsey, you got plenty of healing too. So if you decide to bring him with, not necessarily in them, but with them, you know, like this is a sweet unit. And then they gave him vicious. The one thing I've been asking for. Now the whole army has vicious. Amazing. All the Boltons have vicious, which is kind of, in my opinion, part of their identity. So I'm totally about that. Uh, yeah. No, this is this is perfect. Terrific visage getting better. Vicious, admittedly. Mm. with the panic going to D3 damage, not super great. Don't even care. Perfectly fine. Their attack profile only being six is hitting on four. That vicious makes them just, just a little bit stronger. Maybe not great, but stronger. And I'm totally about that. These guys I'm definitely going to use, which is great because I think they look wonderful. Their hats could be better, but their shields are cool, and that's what I like. <laughs> well, and then, uh, again, if you put uh, Roos in here with the intimidating presence at Vicious, oh, yeah. you know, that's a minus three and a damage of D3 plus one. So that no, 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 definitely... No. Uh, more importantly, more importantly, when you get attacked, it's a minus four. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, please... Jeez, like who who wants to attack that? Like I'm gonna lose two like two to four guys. That sounds like it's not really a it's not an if. It's it's I'm gonna <laughs> like it's yeah, just pretty gonna much happen. unless unless I mean, you run like uh yeah, unless you run something like you know, like a faithful type unit, um or like the faith, uh the um Lannister faith units. You know, something with such high or such great morale that all these minuses just puts them at average, but yeah, on on average, let's say a six up morale. I mean, you're looking at a nine or a ten um, needed for the horrific visage, and you're looking at a nine for uh, uh, for when you're getting attacked. 
uh, as long as they deal a wound. So, yeah, these these guys definitely can hold their own now and pump out a decent amount of damage between their offense and defensive reactive abilities. Um, next up, uh, and lastly, we have House Bolton Cutthroats. They are five points, uh, movement of five, hitting on four, seven, six, four, a five-up defense and a seven-up morale. They still have Vicious, uh, but instead of that vulnerable token that they give out, uh, they can reroll dice when attacking an enemy that has not activated. Um, I don't know. Uh, I This is the one questionable thing, I think, about this uh, entire reveal. What do you think, Justin? Uh, so I'm with you on it. Uh, but I should say... This is like the logical thing that you would expect from all the other changes. Like five pointers went to hitting on fours. Like that makes a lot of sense. And like, that's not even the issue. Um, yeah. It hurts them more than others. Cause that's literally the only thing they had going for them. Like Stark sworn swords. They could hit on threes fairly easily just by using Stark fury or whatever. Um, but they also had, you know, plus one defense, plus one morale. Those, those things really stacked. Uh, the vulnerable was really nice, uh, but it wasn't always used. So it's not a bummer losing that. Um, but not really, like replacing it with a you get to reroll attacks kind of thing is a little bit of a bummer because the unit is just not hurting much right now. Like seven attacks hitting on fours, even with rerolls, is not punishing. It just isn't. Vicious also lost potency. Uh, I think while it makes sense for them to go to this, they've been hurt more than every other five-point unit that we've seen. Um, and that's not to say, like, like I'm complaining or nothing. Like, I'm totally happy with all these neutral changes. This is a unit that falls short, and they'll see less play, at least from me. But that's not to say I won't use them. But that's also totally fine. I had to use these guys way too much, and I'm tired of using <laughs> them. <laughs> like, it's... It's fine. It's a little bit of a bummer, though. I would have liked to see all four of my beautiful Boltons being a little, like, being awesome. Uh, but, you know, I can't ask the world. I got, I got a ton here, like, so much. So it is what it is. Uh, I think they're the weakest out of this reveal by, by easily. I think anyone with eyes can see that. But they're manageable, I think. We'll see. It really depends on, like, you're not going to see these guys spammed. You're going to see if you got five points left, you might have a unit of these guys flanking or something like that, which is cool. That's fine. Yeah, I definitely see, like you're saying, I think if you got like five points and you want to get another activation in there, you run these guys and maybe uh, you run like two of them just to kind of get a couple activations in there for 10 points because that's just kind of how your points fall. But um, you, these definitely aren't like the go-tos to kind of like – uh, like you were saying, spam uh, a bunch of a unit in there uh, like they kind of were before because they were so good at offense before for five points that you could run like three of them and you, you wouldn't have to bat an eye. You wouldn't even have to put an attachment in them. Uh, so now I guess it just comes down to um, can you find a one-point attachment that you really like in these guys to put them on par with how good the Blackguard are showing right now. And I think maybe uh, assuming the lieutenant doesn't change, uh, you know, him giving, uh, what is it? Uh, um, okay, if you control the male. No, oh, no the, sorry, the lieutenant. So plus one attack die and uh, sundering. 
So, I mean, assuming he doesn't change, uh, uh, plus one attack, die, and sundering would make these guys pretty cool. Um, granted, you're going to need the, the wealth, but um, it's an option. Um, and who knows, uh, with a lot of attachments going getting cheaper, um, there could be a lot of really cool one-point attachments to put in these guys. Uh, and jumping, uh, kind of segueing into a couple, we'll do the generic attachments first. We have the Bolton Flare and the Dreadfort Captain, both at one point. Um, the Dreadfort Captain is now Prey on Fear, which is each time an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, this unit restores two wounds. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, it, I believe uh, that was just what the Bolton Flare had before. It hasn't changed. It just went on to the Captain, um, which uh, Michael has talked about in, uh, if you go to the On the Table Gaming uh uh, show they do talk about why that change was and at first uh, it seemed really weird for the change but it makes sense now that he's explained you know that the Dreadfort captain coming with the um, uh, what is it the cutthroats and the Bolton Flare coming in the box with the Blackguard that those abilities just seem to work better with those particular units not that you can't mix and match them but they wanted the abilities of the attachment that came in those boxes to be more of a like a combo uh, so it, it makes sense uh, the Bolton Flare is an order uh, spread fear. When an enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, target one other enemy in long range of that unit. It suffers one panic test with a minus one roll for each remaining rank in this unit. On a failure, it suffers plus one wound. So it's definitely, uh, uh, it definitely makes sense because the, um, with the Blackguard, you have potential of defensive and offensive panic tests, meaning you have more uh, more potential to make the flare go off. Granted, it is an order, so you're not going to be able to continuously do this um, unless you want to use one of your uh, issue uh, what's it called uh, issue commands sure. on it. But uh, yeah, issue. Um, so I don't think you'd want to use it on that, but it is an option. But you do, like I said, have more potential for it to go off in case like let's say they somehow pass that visage with a minus three or four uh, you know you could then on the return hit them with the vicious attack and potentially make them uh, you know fail that way so how do you feel about these two guys uh, so great um, I could never really bring myself to use either of them in the past I mean when I say never, I don't mean never. I mean meta-wise, right? Like, I really like the Dreadfort Captain model, like, a ton. Um, sorry, Michael, but I'm a fan of hats, so I like the one with hats more. <laughs> uh, but, like, I can never get his ability to work properly. Um, you would think it makes sense, because things fail in panic tests, it should be super easy, spread, or, what was it, panic tokens out. It just never really worked. There's There's so many things that made panic tests, whatever, and it was only swinging at, like, ever a minus two, maybe three, uh, and just, it usually just didn't work out, and even when it did work out, it wasn't super powerful. I already usually had panic to tokens where I needed them. Uh, and then the healing, too, while that ability didn't change, something changed that made it better, and that's the Blackguard. So I never found that healing, too, to be very effective on Cutthroats or Bastards Girls. I'm not even going to speak about the rest of the neutral units in this regard because they also swing like poop. Um, 
It was not effective on those other two because those other two just took wounds so fast that you couldn't make up for it. The Bastards Girls, if you got attacked and you were down wounds, you couldn't do damage enough because you're almost always losing eight, at least eight guys. You couldn't do damage enough to really make your points up. Like you would have to heal two, three times, like minimum, for that to even be worth it. In my opinion, like at least twice. Uh, and bastards or cutthroats, they don't survive two attacks. It's just not how it's designed. <laughs> um, and then blackguard's fine, right? Like you would look at him and it kind of makes sense. Like, hmm. Well, healing that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, but horrific visage never works. I think I've seen it go off like less times than I have fingers. Um, so you never really healed off that, and they just <laughs> didn't have an attack profile, especially missing vicious, vicious, missing vicious, geez, that thing, um, where like <laughs> you ever had it proc, like things just weren't failing panic tests. But now with Blackguard, they're failing panic tests when they attack you. They're failing panic tests potentially when you attack them. It's fantastic. This spread fear thing with the flares also just punching you in the face with that healing too because you can have that come across the field and make you take a panic test at minus three with plus one wound and then all of a sudden you're you're failing while engaged with the captain. You're, that guy's healing two points and you just took a bunch of panic damage for no reason. They healed and you're like, what's happening here? This isn't cool. Uh, <laughs> So uh, they're great, and I'm probably going to put both of them on the field at the same time a lot of times. Uh, they're not just good in, like, in the units. Like Cutthroats now do have the potential of surviving attacks. With things losing attack dice and losing uh, uh, to hit, they can maybe survive. My concern is maybe doing damage back, <laughs> but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But they do a vicious, and that spread fear ability is much better. That's the original ability that uh, Flademan had, OG Flademan. I don't remember if the second version had it. Um, but it got better because now it's plus one or minus one uh, for every remaining rank. So, say, Cutthroat's got the flare in them. It's funny that Michael justified it with uh, they come in the boxes together because the flare is super good or is much better in cutthroats in my opinion than the healing uh, for the reasons I stated, but the Bolton flare is also obviously phenomenal in blackguard, but you can't really double up its effect with blackguard. And that's why I think I'd prefer the healing on the blackguard because you can easily double up that effect. You can be healing for a turn fairly reliably, which is great. Yeah, and I think the potential, the the Dreadfort Captain definitely has a lot more potential with the fact that it's not in order, and so you can heal so many times around. The nice thing, though, with the Bolton Flare is that, uh, you know, if you uh, use that order, you can hit someone in long that isn't good with morale. Let's say uh, currently that you definitely wouldn't want to be taking a panic test is, uh, let's say, Ranger trackers, you know, a seven up morale. Well, Bolton Flare, uh, you know, doing a minus, uh, what is it, one for each rank? Let's say you still have three ranks because it's the first time they're attacking you. Uh, you know, you're taking a morale at 10, suffering D3 plus one uh, on just some unit in long range that, you know, didn't ever want to see combat for that reason. You're like, you know what, these Ranger trackers, they're, uh, they they're, want to sit chill over here away from all these, uh, you know, units that have Vicious now and 
horrific visage. And, but, uh, you know, the Bolton Flare really is going to start punishing those units that want to do that, uh, which is nice to see. Here's something I want to see. Uh, I might actually bring cutthroats with a ton of flares in them, just like a whole army of cutthroats with flares. And I just want to see a chain reaction of spread fear, because as far as I'm aware, these could totally chain. If you use it on a unit that fails its panic test while engaged with a flare, you can then make another unit take a panic test, and so on and so on, until all the orders are taken. And one that attack could turn into like 20 wounds taken. And oh, it's no, reliable. Uh, it's it says when engaged. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, you mean everyone would be engaged, is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just a oh, chain effect. Okay, yeah. That's maybe not efficient, but it would be awesome. <laughs> like one yeah, attack you, and there's 20 you, wounds gone. <laughs> even if it's just like three uh, cutthroats and you charge all three of them in, or let's say you charge two and one gets charged. And uh, yeah, you uh, especially if you have, um, whatchamacallit, uh, some other effects splashed in there. It'd be pretty cool to, yeah, see, uh, as you were saying, see, like, a chain effect of just spread fears triggering down the line. Since, I mean, that, uh, let's see, it, yeah, it does say long range. So, I mean, you have a pretty good bubble to make these guys work. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of potential with it, for sure. Yep. Uh, next up, we'll talk about Ramsey Snow, two-point attachment. Uh, he has the... Uh, affiliation House Bolton, um, which is now a uh, um, innate effect, which is nice to see. Uh, they he also has intimidating presence himself, and then he has in his for his melee attacks fueled by slaughter. After this unit completes a melee attack, if the defender suffered any wounds, this unit restores one wound plus one additional wound for each of the defender's destroyed ranks. So uh, let's see. Yeah, you all you have to do is poke an enemy and start healing a ton of wounds. Um, two points. I mean, he's adding a lot to. Uh, so two points is definitely worth it, uh, especially you know when you compare it to the standard right now of how much units would cost. I would almost say that right now this would be like a three point NCU, uh, a three point uh, attachment with the potential of these effects. But, you know, it's nice to see a lot of these uh, attachments are getting uh, cheaper. And then uh, before I go to you, Justin, I'm going to quickly read Theon because he can be, I believe, taken with any version of Ramsey Snow. Now he is one point instead of free, but I'm assuming uh, both versions of Ramsey are cheaper because you have the potential of taking him. He has order uh, set an example. At the start of any turn, target all enemies in short range. They become panicked, and you roll a die, and on a six, you destroy Theon. So uh, what's your thoughts between the uh, two-point Ramsey and Theon? Okay, so I'll start with Theon. Uh, his ability, obviously, is just... He's way better. I can't tell you how many times Theon's died but dishing out one token, and that's such a bummer. Uh, I'll be really upset if he dies this time, though, because he has worth a point. Um, so you're not always going to have him, which is a bummer. Like, you may not have that point. Um, but a point's not super bad, and the potential of dishing out a ton of panic tokens, especially, like, if you're bringing your commander as Ramsey, because that commander's going to be hard to kill, as we've talked about. That's been a very specific thing we've been mentioning it all night. Um, 
So could you imagine just every turn you're like, here's four panic tokens, have fun. Um, and for a point, like he's, he's super worth a point. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it's short range, but you want to be there anyways. The two point Ramsey. I love his abilities. I think he's great. I don't know what to use him in, in a neutral army. <laughs> I think this is going to be an attachment that's better in other factions. The reason I say it is, well, no, I guess Blackguard, right? That's who you're putting him in. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, Fueled by Slaughter is not going to be doing a ton necessarily. Uh, if, like, they haven't attacked you, like, on your charge, you only have six dice or whatever with Vicious. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but if they attack you first and then you attack them, yeah, field by slaughter, you're getting four wounds back, three, four wounds back easy. And then intimidating presence is both affecting horrific visage and your vicious attack. And that's, that's fantastic. So he's definitely going in blackguard. I personally wouldn't like him in cutthroats and bastard girls because of their squishier nature. Uh, but he has absolutely huge potential in there. Um, there's, there's no problem with him in there. Bastard girls being nine points, be rough, but it'll be worth playing sometimes for sure. Uh, so, yeah. One thing I want to point out is uh, I think um, I think you might reconsider. I, I agree. Cutthroats, cutthroats are a bit too squishy. The uh, two point investment in them, I don't really see it. But uh, how about because um, what should we call it? Ramsey giving that intimidating presence. Obviously, for two points, you're, that means that you're not taking the commander version. Uh, potentially, you're then taking Roos, commander, which also gives intimidating presence. So now you take Ramsey, or sorry, not Ramsey, you take Roos in the Blackguard uh, for that intimidating presence, and you put Ramsey in the Bastard's Girls. Granted, you are spending nine points for the unit, but uh, you know the field by slaughter might not seem all that like Healy at first, but uh, if you shoot your opponent and let's say uh, take off because uh, you you know you could potentially take off like let's say three wounds between the panic and uh, you know and the damage, and so that's not a rank yet. But then you charge in and you do another five, and you have now dealt two ranks of wounds. You are now going to start healing with Field by Slaughter, three wounds every time you melee attack. Uh, so granted, the the bow is not going to proc Field by Slaughter, but it's going to help reduce the ranks for when your melee attacks start hitting. And that Im- intimidating presence is going to give those uh, Bastard Scrolls that much-needed uh, extra damage through the panic. So, I mean, the, those uh, Blade and Fang is now going to be minus three with a plus one on the damage. Um, I think is definitely a cool potential. I'm not saying it's going to be the most optimal uh, combo, but I think it. Uh, if you're already running Roos with Intimidating Presence, you probably don't want to run two Blackguard uh, between... I mean, it, it definitely could be a, a, a thing to do, run two Blackguard, one with Ramsey, one with uh, Roos, but um, it might be too much too slow, uh, potentially. So what do you think about that? Uh, I think, yeah, it obviously has potential. The only reason, like, I don't think it's meta, and I'm sure I'm going to use it because it's fine. It's not optimal, as you said, because a lot of the times, the Bastard Girls, if you've done your job right, they're just murdering stuff without being murdered. (laughs) Like, generally, the only damage I end up taking from them is from current cruel methods. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, no, you're totally right. There are plenty of times where I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't take one more wound and be down a rank, and this could easily offset that because bastards girls are way more defensive than they look. Six up save, garbage. Five up morale, fantastic for neutrals, and that's what they're going with. Um, so yeah, that, he's absolutely great. You could bump it up to ten with a good old Theon just to to get that extra panic damage out there. However, I think Theon and Bastard Girls would be terrible because <laughs> uh, you're usually on the flank <laughs> of armies. You're never in the middle. Um, but yeah, yeah, totally. He's he's totally viable with them. And Roost Commander in Blackguard with that combo too. Blackguard could be pinning things in place. Your enemy really wants to kill him because he's getting two points every turn. And so he can't focus on getting the flanking Bastard Girls as much as he would like because if he focuses on that hard to engage optimally unit then he's sacrificing your commander taking two points every turn so yeah you're putting him you're putting him in a situation that makes it hard for them to choose and that's always a good thing right yep and one thing uh to kind of note is that uh um let me find the cards again uh is that because uh, it's hard to say completely because we don't know Roos's cards yet uh that if he needs like a, a panic mechanic like he needs those panic tokens but with that said i mean even though uh, theon is really great for one point being it uh, to potentially throw out tons of uh panic tokens every round but uh he, he does he isn't necessary if roost doesn't require panic tokens to like kind of fuel his uh strategy um and it will definitely make uh not running him for the attachment version uh, you know, all that, like, required. Now, granted, if you're going to run the commander, I see no reason not to. I mean, it's only one-point investment at that at, at that point because the commander's free, and we already know that Ramsey wants the, the panic tokens out there. But uh, for the attachment, I think it will really come down to what Roos uh, wants, like, if he wants those panic tokens. I think also... Um... Like almost everything in the game, he's going to be pretty solid in skirmishers. I think that shouldn't be counted out too, because you kind of don't want to put him like. Obviously, you can easily do it; it's not that big of a deal. But to use him completely optimally, you don't want to put him in a bolt unit. You want to make something a bolt unit, right? So putting him in skirmishers, uh, fueled by slaughter, you're like, mm, maybe that's not that great. But you're kind of wrong because when things attack the poor skirmishers, they take a pretty hefty sum of damage back. And on top of the damage that skirmishers can do, which isn't admittedly a ton, but it just adds on, uh, they're now having a... I mean, let's just say that now they have vicious. Because, yeah, it's not minus two, but it's plus one wound. And that's that's equivalent to minus two, in my opinion. It's minus one, plus one. That's good enough. So vicious and they're healing. So, and now they're bolting two to benefit from the bolting cards. I think it's totally a viable yep. option. And then to um, talk about the last part, which we've referenced a couple times uh, throughout the show, is that uh, the Ramsey Commander, which he has the House Bolton affiliation and uh, Horrific Visage. And that's his only ability, but I think it's still a very strong ability combined with his three really strong tactics cards and then the potential for just a one-point Theon. Um, and I think, in my opinion the clear winner of what we've seen to put him in is skirmishers. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving, 100%. <laughs> giving, <laughs> give, for a six-point unit, 
Granted, a 5-up save and a 7-up morale, which you would say, oh, man, that's pretty squishy. No, when you're at minus 1 to hit with Counter-Strike and Horrific Visage and potential of the Blummers, uh, Blummers, <laughs> Mummers Blade to make uh, the defender weakened, uh, I mean, and their House Bolton because he makes them House Bolton, the potential of these guys, I mean, they're going to be the most defensive unit that we know of so far purely on abilities alone. Um, yeah, there's nothing know, worse than hitting on fives with a weekend token. And not, like, as a neutral player, you don't have to rely on their Mummer's Blade to get that weekend token. you got a card that does that called Cruel Methods. Like, <laughs> or you could bring Theon with you and dish out that panic token and turn it into a weekend token. Like, a lot of times, the enemy's just not going to attack you. They're either going to waste their time retreating away from you, or they're just going to pass their turn. And yeah, you might not kill them a lot, but with the, with Ramsey in there, you're still only a six-point unit. Like, they have to be a bad unit to not make that worth it. And then if they're, like, a cheap unit, you can probably attack them and do some significant damage to at least contest objectives. And another funny thing you can do with these guys, with uh, Ramsey and Theon in there, like, really funny in my opinion you can run them right into your opponent's face, exposing your flank, your rear, and guess what? They have a 5-up save. So worst, they minus it by 1. You could say, oh, well, a 7-up is about average. Some would say just just one tick below average. But <laughs> you sit there and you go, you know, I have uh, worth the risk in my hand, and this is my commander. And even though you're attacking me at a minus two to the rear, I'm going to say I auto-pass after you just uh, took a horrific visage and a counter-strike and an agile, which all don't care if you're attacking in the flank or the rear. And now yeah, what do you do, like two hits? Be... <laughs> <laughs> all of which, all three abilities, are not even orders. So you could be attack from the front, attack from the side, attack from the rear. Now you got three units all tied up with you, and you go, okay, Theon, do your job. Three panic tokens. And on top of that, like even if they attack you in the rear, like, I don't know, a three-up unit... Uh, hitting on fours with seven attacks, so they get four hits, and then you make them re-roll, so they got two hits, you can block both of those hits if it's your commander with the card. So you're like, I blocked the hits, I auto-pass panic test. Oh, I didn't block the hits, and I took two damage? Auto-pass that panic test. So you're auto-passing tests like it's cool, you're blocking things like it's cool. That is such a hard unit to displace, it's just silly. Like, they're just little ninjas. (laughs) Scary... Scary, horrific ninjas. Clown ninjas, all right? That's the worst. <laughs> it's like Pennywise all over again. My childhood's come back to haunt me. <laughs> yeah, because that's what, uh, that's what um, It 3 is going to be. It's going to be Pennywise in a ninja outfit just <laughs> running around. <laughs> just dodging everything. <laughs> yep. So I think uh, that's, in my opinion, the clear winner and... Not only that, I mean, granted, they don't really, like, fit necessarily the theme with, you know, they don't have, like, intimidating presence or vicious or anything like that, but I feel like they really don't need it. They could be your perfect distraction while the rest of your forces just do what they need to do. And, you know, you'll have Theon in there to just generate those panics to, in a way, you know, that would be enough to, you know, synergize with the rest of your Bolton force. On top of that, too, like, 
like a lot of units that aren't worth the bot the 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 uh, time to kill. Like a lot of times, you hear people say, "Just ignore him." You can't ignore the enemy commander. Like yep. especially in a neutral list where that commander is a huge part of these cards, but also he's getting too many points. Don't have the option of really ignoring him most of the time. You have to engage him. And what do you do when you engage him? Like, like you're gonna contest the objective? Yeah, after like four attacks, and you're gonna be really hurt. Like it's a, you're gonna be in a hard place. I think. Oh man, I'm so glad I got like what did I get three skirmishers when they came out. Mm, good times. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, and you know, even if you don't, you know, and I know like some some of you that are listening here are like, well, how often are you going to have those exact cards in your hand? But you don't necessarily need all of them. You could just have tactical, tactical approach for the blocks. You could have worth the risk for the auto pass. You could have meticulous planning to go get cruel methods to then start healing. Um, surprise strategy to reuse something that you've already used. I mean, you could let's, just let's have one or two too, of these though. cards. You don't even need any of those cards to live. Without those cards you're not getting one shot almost ever. Like, they can produce the weakened token on their own if necessary. Uh, they're going to survive pretty much any attack. Like, sure, something hits you in the rear. You take four hits. I mean, chances are you'll get lucky and block a six here or there. Like, you can't get worse. Uh, and then you're going to fail your panic. Whatever. You lose one to three guys. Like, you're still alive. And then you play Cruel Methods, and you get four dudes back. And that was everything they did. Or another thing to note, like some people might look at it and be like, yeah, but, you know, let's say I just uh, try to tie you up or ignore you. Well, <laughs> you go, okay, I, I'm going to issue commands and not do anything with my commander this round and then uh, do something with Bastard Girls or Flademen. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, get you a could literally. Yeah, you could sit these guys on an objective knowing that they're nearly untouchable by a lot of unit standards that, you know, that are hitting on fours, you know, that don't even want to touch you for fear of taking more damage than they deal. And, you know, potentially four rounds of the game, if you have surprise strategy, uh, not even having to do anything with your commander, but sit on an objective gaining points and, uh, you know, using their action to double attack with you know, your heavy hitters. So, yeah, I I mean, to kind of wrap up on this entire show, I am super excited uh, for Baratheon's neutrals in general. Um, I think Barath or Baratheon, sorry, Boltons. Boltons, I'm super excited for. Uh, I know neutrals in general, but just Boltons of what kind of drew me to neutrals from the get-go. I didn't play them. Uh, when they first came out just because I wanted more variety. And then unfortunately when Blackguard came out, they were super cool looking, but they just didn't kind of hold their weight. Cutthroats were just clearly better to take for one point less. And so again, they fell into the not much variety category. So I kind of, I play them here and there. Usually when Justin uh, was you know, busy that week and like we got together, I'd, I'd pull out neutrals because I like to try to bring stuff that no one else is playing that day. And uh, yeah, so now I am super excited to pull out Boltons. Uh, anyone a part of the Ice and Fire um, uh, 
neutral page. Uh, I just posted uh, uh, all of my Boltons, finally 100% done. I got three, uh, two Bastard Scrolls, three Flayed Men, three Black Guard, and three Cutthroats, and then all of the Commanders and Detachments done. Um, and I can't wait for 1.7 to finally drop and, uh, um, you know, be a thing that we can just start playing everything in its full capacity. I say loyalty gets paid off. I'm very stoked about this. I actually really don't want to play anymore until these happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially as a neutral player, I definitely can't blame you because, I mean, Flaidmen and Blackguards are not like garbage by no means, but they're just, they're lackluster right now. And so you're sitting here with your two all-stars, you know, the girls and the cutthroats. The problem is they're your two, like, glass cannons. So when you're running an entire army of glass cannon, it, it makes it, it a little It can be very awkward. frustrating. It's very unforgiving. Yeah. You make one mistake and your army starts collapsing. <laughs> But then when you run the flame men and or the uh, black guards, you're just like, ah, man, I could just run more cutthroats or more, you know, more girls in here. And, uh, you know, but, you know, then you fall into the other dilemma we just talked about. So it's definitely, it'll be awesome uh, to finally play this stuff uh, when it all comes out. But with that said, uh, I apologize to all of you that were listening uh, on the previous uh, episode, technically, uh, where it kind of cut out after 15 minutes. Um but I appreciate all of you for uh, jumping onto this one and listening uh, to the rest of the show. It was a bit longer, but there was quite a bit to go over. There were so many combos to talk about that it, uh, you know, it, it definitely took a lot more time to kind of go over. So, but I appreciate all of you guys kind of listening in. Um, thank you, Justin, for coming on. You had a lot of, a lot more insight than I did, but a lot of things that I didn't catch. And I'm sure a lot of people don't, you know, it would, it wouldn't have caught, uh, just because you know it's um you know this is your main faction so it's, it, a lot of it probably jumped out a little more toward, uh for you than I think it would for the average person. Oh yeah, I mean how many day 1 since this game came out Kickstarter I've been I've been behind these boys all the way and I'm sticking to it. I love Baratheons in the lore but I can't leave my underdog. I need I need I need them to win everything. <laughs> I got to be Brett in a tournament and that's kind of my goal in life. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I thank you for coming on again. And um, so we're going to end the show as we usually do with some shout-outs. Uh, definitely go check us out on all of our different uh, platforms. We are on uh, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can find us on Facebook and on Discord. Uh, on Discord, you can uh, submit, like, some questions, uh, during the show, if you can't call in to the live show, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, for every 100 likes we hit, we give out a free uh, unit box uh, to a random uh, uh, listener. So I believe we are only uh, like 20 or so likes away. So definitely go uh, like our Facebook page if you haven't already. I believe we actually have about 25 more followers than we do likes on our Facebook page. So if you are following us, go check out and just make sure uh, you are uh, liked on the page, uh, just you know, so we can hit that uh, next uh, that mark, next mark, so we can give out a free unit box. So definitely go check all that out. Uh, support your local uh, game store if you can. 
um, in any way you can, um, especially if they're not currently open. You know, see if they can uh, ship stuff to you. See if you can maybe buy a gift card. And um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed. <laughs>